This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by Chaos. That's Chaos with a K. Now, if you've been listening to our show for a while, you have definitely heard us talk about Chaos. Their professional sound equipment, cinema-grade cameras, event hosting, the K that starts their name. But right now, we want to highlight the trailer for their upcoming feature-length film, American Dreamers. American Dreamers tells the story of two British graduates who take a road trip across the United States of America, looking for a shortcut to fame, fortune, and green cards. So if quarantine life has you eagerly awaiting the day you can leave your house and travel someplace more than two kilometers away in the hopes of immigrating there, let the American Dreamers trailer scratch that itch for you. Go to chaoslabs.com to check it out. Remember, that's chaos with a K. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 282 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm your host Tom Zalatni, and I'm alone in the studio again today, but I'm not alone in your ears or in your hearts, dear listener, because I'm joined today over the phone by my wonderful co-host Kate Bradley and our very special guest, former wonderful co-host of the show, everyone's favorite good good boy, Johan Denora. Uh, but first... I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. So I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area. Uh, I want to, in this light, actually give a quick podcast recommendation. Uh, I don't often recommend shows that are not on our network, but recently I uh, came across a show called Two Crees in a Pod, and it is very, very good, and you should definitely go and check it out. Uh, it is two Cree indigenous people. Uh, the Cree are a indigenous people from, uh, I think, primarily out west here in Canada. Uh, it's the two of them and a bunch of amazing guests, and it's really good, and the conversations kind of vary a lot, but it's all uh, it's all really interesting. And I think if you like this show, you will also like that. So that is two Crees in a pod. Go check that out. Okay, now to Kate and Johan. Okay, hey guys, how you doing? Johan, welcome back for the first time in a while. Hey, yeah, it's definitely been all. I remember uh, doing, I think, I think I called in maybe a year ago we did something. Was that a year ago? Oh my god. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. How are you guys? I'm doing okay. I, uh, I'm tired today especially, but that is life with a toddler. Um, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Kate? I'm doing okay. I've... For the past, like, two or three days, I've been avoiding naps and doing things. Mm. Like, I'm planning uh, very, very tiny chunks. The tiniest of chunks. And then, because if I just do the chunk, then I feel I don't hate myself so much. And then it's like, yay. But sometimes, I do the whole thing. Guys, I cleaned my fucking balcony. So, hello. Amazing. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the plan was to just, like do a tiny spot just to be like, just start it, just start it. And I ended up doing the whole thing because that's how easy the mind is to manipulate. <laughs> it's a fool. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so we're here today in kind of, we're, we're in a kind of somber place today uh, because mm. on July 16th, a place that we three and many others loved a whole lot uh, had to close down due to financial things. And of course, we're talking about Montreal Improv. Um, and I thought, like, given that that is where I met 
the two of you and also Adrian who couldn't make it tonight. I, I thought it would be nice to kind of talk together a little bit about what that place meant to us and what we hope for the future. And now obviously the the um, elephant in the room is that Johan is not in the room. Uh, Johan is in Toronto, so yeah. you're a little bit more removed from Montreal Improv than, you know, Kate and I, but yeah. but not that much more than me, actually, because you moved to Toronto right around the time that I, like, you know, stopped having time to do improv things, so <laughs> we're kind of in a similar boat. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. And I, honestly, like, I even after you left, I I could swear that if I put my ear against the stage, I could hear your Australian accent. Oh my god! <laughs> it just seeped in like a like yeah. a sponge, absorbing my wickedness. <laughs> yes. Um. That's yeah. I mean, it's been two years. Definitely, I, I had the opportunity to come back. Um. Last this past uh, fall, I want to say, and do do some stuff on behalf of uh, the Bad Dog mm-hmm. featured players. Uh, sort of, which was weird. It was like I was kind of representing Toronto, but I, I really haven't been <laughs> gone that long. So. I kind of felt uh, funny about that, but it was nice to perform uh, back there again, um, briefly, admittedly, uh, and just kind of be around that area and see some familiar faces. Um, but definitely, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely too bad to see to see it have to close, and that's sort of the fear with a lot of places right now because of uh, because of this pandemic, like um, these art institutions that you know kind of rely on. Um, I don't know if it's like grants and things or just like, I know that these budgets are really like shoestring for most places and uh, mm-hmm. seeing them close is um, disheartening because uh, of all the things that you want and need, I think, especially coming out of something like this, you know, those kinds of like institutions that bring joy and levity, you want to keep those around. Mm-hmm. In my mind, those are, um, you know, more than essential, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, there's so many people who um, have no time to, like, perform all the time or dedicate their lives to comedy, but having that class once a week could get mm-hmm. them through their week, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. totally. I know it, it made a huge difference for me. I, uh, when I, I mm-hmm. guess, how many years ago now? Is that three, four? However long ago it was, I, uh, it was definitely a thing that turned into a really important community space for me where, like, I got into improv like I don't remember maybe six months maybe a year before I like started realizing I super duper didn't want to be a church person anymore and like it mm-hmm. it was such a good substitute for that in terms of like having a place that I would go on a weekly basis where like I liked most of the people enough to like you know feel really friendly and warm toward them and had a lot of really good conversations mm-hmm. and like fostered relationships and did something cool and communal together and uh, I know that I've missed that a lot since uh, I haven't really been able to go do things there very much since uh, since Toby was born. Because uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. they don't they don't like warn you about this, but apparently, like having children takes up time. Who knew? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, bitch! I knew. That's why I don't have any. <laughs> ding ding. Oh, oh shit! Okay, I'm not gonna have a kid then. That no, I, yeah, I'm glad we had this conversation so that you can know and not reproduce. that's that's the real reason we called you tonight Johan yeah I um thinking about Montreal Improv like I guess I've been like a little bit honestly disconnected from this whole uh thing for a lot of reasons I mean I think just like there's so much emotional space being taken up by regular life stuff and then like COVID stuff that you know it's I've been kind of numb to like Montreal Improv closing but in thinking about it for this conversation like 
I it really going to those first few shows that I went to at Montreal Improv when I was still in high school. So I don't know, almost you know eight years ago now probably. I really like blew my mind. Like I can really remember going to those shows and laughing my ass off at at Mark and Brent and like thinking it was just so amazing that people could go up on stage and like make all this stuff up and I had never even considered that. It, it really like. I don't know. I mean, it sparked something in me that obviously, like, I pursued for a while while I was in Montreal, and then coming to Toronto, I uh, pursued and continue to pursue. I'm involved in the community here as well. So, like, yeah. And I, I know it's done that for so many people. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many people that had no idea about this, like, art form or, like, performance style, whatever you want to call it. And then, like, this space opens and you go and see shows there, and it's just, like, changes your life completely. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And also, like, for me, it was, I started with a drop-in. I, I hadn't been to improv shows. I'd only seen it on TV. Um, right. And for me, it really was this sort of, like, childhood dream of being a performer in some way. Like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Broadway star. You know, I wanted to mm-hmm. be the Disney voice. I wanted to do all this stuff. But I'm not very good at following my dreams, so it just stays in the core of your stomach and dies. But then my (laughs) studio mate was like, hey, do you want to do a drop-in? And her wanting to do it helped me to go. And then that, like, it was like, oh, wow, I can be really stupid and and fun and goofy and be that side of myself with other people. Like, so taking it out of my brain and taking it out of my house and Mm -hmm. just sharing that with other people. Um, Mm -hmm. And that you're allowed. You're allowed and encouraged to be weird and to be loud and to be yourself and that that's such yeah. a that has such a huge impact yeah totally. absolutely it's funny i i think that like i was gonna say i think you're not alone but i know that you're not alone in being a person who like had dreams as a kid of you know some kind of performance stardom and then you know kind of just gradually let the world quash that and finding improv as a good sort of like it's it's a good compromise almost between like fully committing to the like stage performer life and still like being able to do other things but have a really good time and feel like validated by a crowd you know mm-hmm. totally yeah i know and, I, that, uh, that was it for me too yeah <laughs> yeah and on what uh, johan said as well i totally get the numbness um like i i basically left the theater like a week and a half before it closed and i was <laughs> right. already, I, I was so deep in in like mourning that and like settling into my decision to leave and then when it closed it was just like oh what <laughs> and, and 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 it really i have i i i made my own post and i read a few but it's been hard to stay up to date with it because it really is emotionally draining and yeah. I, I totally relate to that maybe this is a little inside baseball but um were you privy to like any of this stuff that was going on, Kate? Like, did you have any inkling that the theater would, would be closing? Because, yeah, I was, I'm thinking back on it, and you're right. I mean, it was so soon after you left, and also just, like, other stuff was going on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was, because there was so much uncertainty with regards to the rent situation, mm-hmm. um, and staff wasn't able to be informed on the details of it, so we were kept pretty much in the dark, I think, right. for legal reasons or something. Right. Um, we knew it was a possibility, but it was still, it felt like MIT always got through stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but it just became the the only option left with those financial um, yeah. constraints. So it really, I, it wasn't something that was, I, I don't know how long they'd been talking about it, uh, filing mm-hmm. for bankruptcy, but um, 
uh, yeah, it was. It, it kind of came to, to to me as a shock that it was so fast, but yeah. it perfectly makes sense with how long they've been negotiating with the, the landlord and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's tough, yeah. right? Because when you when you have something like this, like I think that had they not needed to pay rent, they wouldn't have had to declare bankruptcy, right? Like it's mm-hmm. yeah. like that was that was really the only like a company can afford to be like not hemorrhaging money or not hemorrhaging money is a bad thing, right? I don't know. A company can afford to like not be making a ton of money because there is a, you know, pandemic going on as long as they don't have any expenses. But when you have a downtown rental property and I think two properties that you're renting in order to like keep your business alive and your landlords won't let you break your lease, even though you're in a pandemic, it really puts you in a position where you either have to fundraise and hope it ends soon or just close things down. And, you know, I get it. I, I, it's a bummer, but I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It does make me think like so over the past, you know, couple of months leading up to this, there were a lot of really important conversations happening at the theater, right? Like mm-hmm. lots of conversations about diversity and inclusion and like the place of like performers of color at the theater and like how there was not one <laughs> in a, as much as there should have been, right? And uh seeing all those conversations happening and like the the way that that was starting to feel like it was becoming a priority, like was really right. cool. And so for things to now be closing down, it's kind of like, well, shit, like there was progress happening and now it's just kind of on hold, I guess. But yeah. at the same time, it like, it makes me encouraged for like, you know, in the future, you know, when, <laughs> when people can do live theater again, like, I'm sure something will take the place of Montreal Improv at that point, and I have a feeling it will be better for those conversations having happened now, you know? Yeah, I think it's a hard one because, like, it's such a... Opening a theater isn't a small feat, um, and it doesn't mean that the right people will have that opportunity. So Mm, it, it does feel like... And, I mean, I honestly... I think it would be kind of an opportunity for smaller things to pop up because MIT was essentially the only... English improv school theater in the city Um, and it was quite large so that creates its own dynamic right when you're the only person at the party Um, so I'm hoping that like smaller things will start up and the ones that have the best values will be the ones that will become more successful (laughs) and and supported and stuff Um, and I hope they will have a donut stand at the entrance oof Um, your the... lips to God's ears, Kate. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's definitely unfortunate that like those conversations had to be, I guess, in a way, like, I don't know, they shouldn't be overshadowed, but it sort of feels like inevitably that's what happens when like the whole theater, the whole institution has to close. Right. Um, I hope that the folks that are like involved in those conversations get to have them regardless, because I think there's still a lot of um, opportunity for... Um, looking back on that and still discussing yeah. and reflecting. And yeah. I think, like, everyone that kind of ran the theater, I think, owes it to the community to do that. So, uh, you know, I would hope that that happens. And then, yeah, like, just like Kate was saying, I mean, I, I, I was going to say earlier, I, I, I do have hope that, and not even hope, like, I mean, it's just the way of things, right? Like, people need this, and there is yeah. such a strong community that's, emerged from this place. I mean, it, it's been open for almost a decade, right? Or, or a decade. Yeah. And there's there's people that love this art form that, and, um, that will, will 
band together when this is you know through and 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 will likely start something new i mean i just i just think that is going to happen inevitably mm-hmm. um and you know just echoing kate's hope that um when that does happen it's handled with you know looking at everything that came before looking at the mistakes that were made looking at the good things that were mm-hmm. done and incorporating all that into like a new i don't know like uh, ethos or uh code of conduct or mission statement you know yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah, yeah. and it's, it's hard because it really is a question of uh, like I, I don't mean to say this in a negative light but just something that I noticed like in, in the student threads a lot of the loudest voices for starting something new getting something going was white men right. so mm-hmm. it's, it's again sort of like I, again I say that not as a bad thing but just the the systemic nature of how we function that white dudes will likely have more confidence or resources or ability to start something up. So ideally, if that's something that happens, then it's somebody who will feel like, okay, who who else can I stretch this opportunity to? Rather than like, oh, you and my buddies are going to open this thing and then then we'll see what happens. Because like, Johan, you, you, you mentioning like looking back and seeing what worked, what didn't work. That is something that is like it's at the core of a good business is to see what works and what doesn't work and to keep trying and keep testing and see what came before. But it's something that is not often applied. Yeah. So it's that yeah. like it's, it's that feeling of, oh God, please, please, please be the right people. Please, yeah. please be yeah. the right people who reach out to the right people because that's another reason why these uh, theaters often bust is are uh, creators who put themselves in a position to run a business and think who don't have a lot of resources who end up running it themselves and then it's like they don't have the appropriate knowledge to make that run in a successful way and then corners get cut and staff gets underpaid and you know it's all this different stuff that is bound to happen if it's just people who are like we can do this with our positive attitude you know absolutely Um, yeah yeah as someone who is you know constantly falling into that trap themselves i uh, yeah can confirm it is uh it is not enough to just be excited and passionate about things you have to mm-hmm. also have some kind of business sense and you know if you don't have it you need to bring in the people who do yeah yeah exactly so if anyone listening has business sense please hit me up oh hit me hard in the face <laughs> my god i need business sense right now i started my first week of freelancing hey. reboot so uh, the the small not, I'm not gonna sorry I've I've, I've tangented. That's okay. It's an exciting tangent. It's an exciting tangent. <laughs> so I planned my first uh, week four days with tiny tiny chunks, um, you know, opening Excel spreadsheets and putting in my resources and who can I contact, <laughs> what coaches can I talk to. It's starting, babies. Love it. Love to hear it. I have to go. I don't have. Um, I don't know yeah, that no I have much more to say about Montreal Improv other than, you know. Um, I'm hopeful that, you know, the community will, once COVID is passed or things are able to, to reopen in a substantive, that's not a word, <laughs> in a substantial way, um, yeah. that, that people will be able to, you know, um, bring back and perform this, uh, this art that honestly has been such a, such a cornerstone in a lot of people's lives since this theater opened. And um, yeah. I hope folks, you know, get that opportunity to train and be exposed to it the same way that um, I was and the same way that so many people were. And, and I, I, I was very lucky to be able to do that. And I, I hope that that opportunity doesn't disappear forever. And I'm confident that it won't. So, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, being able to meet 
such wonderful people like like Kate, yourself, and Tom. Um, it's that's invaluable. I mean, it's a community, right? And yeah. that's that's the important part of it. So, rest in peace, Montreal Improv. I'm confident that we'll see the improv community in Montreal thrive later on. Well said. Thanks, man. Well said. Yes. Do you? No uh, worries. Do you want it's to so plug great anything? to hear your voice. Oh, wait, I yeah. have to. Right, go for it. Go for it. Wait, wait, Johan, don't oh, yeah, plug. Please. I need to. I need to just yeah. say I, I'm so happy to hear your voice. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still very happy you exist and oh, uh, continue existing and being a, a creative juggernaut. I love it. Same, same to you both. As far as anything to plug, absolutely, Tom. Listen, um, <laughs> every day around noon, I get out of bed. So. <laughs> If anyone wants to shoot me a text or a Facebook Messenger uh, message, uh, right around that time, I'll tell you what I dreamt the night before, if I can remember Whoa. it. Um, <laughs> and then every day around uh, 8 p.m., I have first dinner. So if you want to ask me what I'm eating that evening, let me know. And then later on, sometimes around midnight, I have second dinner. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> spoilers, it's typically the same as first dinner, but if you missed out on the opportunity to learn about first dinner at 8 p.m., you can tune back in at 12 p.m. for the rerun, basically. <laughs> or I guess 12 I guess 12 a.m. Anyhow, time is meaningless. COVID has taken over our lives and we live in hell. Yes, yes. <laughs> you gotta love someone with a schedule and a routine. Yeah. You have to. It's so important to have a schedule. I'm trying to schedule in when I should cry. It's currently been kind of ad hoc. It's kind of been whenever I can fit it in, but I think right. it'll be helpful once I, I think that's the next stage. Like they're talking about stage three reopening in Ontario. Well, stage three of COVID for me is having a designated time every day where I where I weep. Hmm. Oh man, please share that time if you ever schedule it so that others yeah. can join in. And you can, yeah, well maybe we'll do like a big FaceTime uh, FaceTime group chat thing. Yes. Okay, Everybody's bye, crying folks. with unicorns on their heads. Bye, darling. Bye, yeah. Hey, bye, good bye. to hear from you. Thanks, bye. I love that guy. I do, too. I miss him. My goodness. I don't even know why I didn't go into all the good moments we shared on stage. Well, let's go into just... some of them now. I got a couple okay. minutes. Go, share. <laughs> I, I was thinking the other day, because I was trying to find a photo to, like, commemorate Montreal Improv, but um, I was on stage, like, a decent amount, but I don't have any photos of myself on stage because most of the time when there were photos happening while I was in the room, I was the one with the camera. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, crap, I can't like find any photos, like any good photos of myself that are exclusively with people that I like really, really like. <laughs> There's like mm -hmm. a handful, you know, whatever, but like, you know, sometimes you just do a show with random people or sometimes you do a show with people you haven't talked to in years and it's kind of like, Oh yeah, whatever. I couldn't find any that like really tugged at my heartstrings. Um, mm -hmm. And I realized the last time that I was on the stage at Montreal Improv was not even to perform. It was to take photos for um, one of our patrons on this show, Gabe, um, for one of his oh. shows. Uh -huh. And uh, I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, that's like one of the things that I like, I'm never going to forget is like getting to take a lot of pictures of a lot of people who I think are funnier than me and like oh. finding those moments where like they simultaneously look good and also are doing something funny. Oh man, because that's, that's hard. Magical. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard yeah. balance for anyone except Vance Gillis. That is an impossible feat, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've managed oh, most of the time. Yeah, I mean, a lot. A lot of my favorite photos are yours. The set I did with Stefan. Yeah, uh, where I'm wearing that uh, New York Rangers T-shirt, <laughs> and it's just oh, you you got such wonderful moments, and I totally like because there's so much that happens so fast, and sometimes it's like just a 
a glint of a facial expression that you catch on, yeah. in that moment. It's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. My, I, I would always just, I actually, you and Stefan are people that I really liked getting photos of because you both do kind of like take a second to make a face instead of it just being a passing thing. So <laughs> it was it was easy to capture those moments because you would hold it for like just long enough, you know? Because we're actors. Yes, talented <laughs> actors. But yeah, I was thinking about it and like, the the fondest memories I have outside of the camera, I guess, are from that summer summer. November? When does when did three PO happen? That was like <laughs> Uh I think it's like fall. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, one year you, me, Johan, and Adrian did uh did yes, that. Yes, we did. It was a tournament thing for anyone listening who has no idea what we're talking about. And that was super fun. And I don't think that we had any sets where all four of us were able to make it but we still had a lot of fun with it and we still made it like reasonably far. I think I think we might've gotten to the semis. Yeah. 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 No, maybe the quarters. No, I think... Did we? I don't, there are, there... I don't know if there are quarters. Maybe the semis then. I don't know. But we like, we got to do a bunch of it and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and yeah. I like, I miss that. Look and forward was... to doing something like that again, eventually. Yeah, totally. I think that it was particularly nice being on a small team. Um, a lot of teams are larger, and when you're on a small team, it really does feel like you're you're up there a lot, and you're interacting a lot, and it like you can sink into it a lot more when mm-hmm. you're on a small team. And it was there were a lot of different vibes on that team. Like Johan and I <laughs> sort of relate in terms of character work, but even then, our, our I mean, he's just so good at so many things. I'm blanking on specifics, but you know what I'm talking about. He's so good. Oh yeah. Um, and and you would come in with a completely different vibe and Adrian and me and it was just it was really interesting and, and fun and I love that alleyway photo. Yeah. Um, that that's you posted. It. It's so good. Yeah, I was thinking about it and I was like, that was that was the first time the four of us performed on stage together and possibly the only time. I really do think that we didn't manage to all be there at the same time ever yeah, after yeah. that. Uh, and that was actually weirdly not at Montreal Improv. That was at uh, uh oh, God. McKib- McKibbit? No, not uh uh fuck comedy club. Yeah, some Irish pub, pub with a comedy Mc- club in the background. McLean's? McLean's? Uh-huh. No, I don't know. But it was at La, La Belle et Rue. Uh, yeah. Mar- Martha Graham's improv show. And it was just, it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been, like, so many people are posting photos and stuff. Um, I sort of checked out, like I was saying earlier, I've, I've, I've not... I've not been touching my phone a lot, and maybe that's why the past three days haven't been so bad. <laughs> um, but uh, like, I have several videos of sets that I've done. Um, right. Our, fuck our our wedding video, um, which I will watch again at some point. Right. It's, there's just so many good times, and it's it's important for me to think about that because I was it was so negative for me towards the end mm. um, that it's it. I sort of was so relieved to leave that it kind of clouded that the the amount the sheer quantity of positives that right. I, I that we experienced at that theater. So um, I'm happy to see people express their feelings and stuff about how how much it meant to them. And and also some I think this is something Adina wrote in her post, uh, the musical director at mm-hmm. the theater um, of like there are loads of names that I've never seen. Right. that were expressing their gratitude for the theater. And I thought that was so amazing. Yeah. And interesting at the same time, because we, yes, it was a community, but it was more like 
it's it's it was more like a bunch of small groups, right? And not right. I don't mean this in a clicky sense. I do know that there there were complaints about clickiness and things like that. But it was also like it's it's like a um, like any other school, right? Like the teachers stay there, but the students wave in and out. Right. So um, some people stay a lot longer, but for most people, it's a question of level one to three, four, and then they move on with their life. Like that's right. for for the vast majority of people at the theater, I think. Um, so it created these waves of community and these <laughs> waves of groups of, of friends um, and incredibly strong bonds that had been created. Uh, and often linked to a teacher or linked to uh, a show at a certain time and all these different things. So it's it's a cool, very fluid, organic community. Yeah. And I, I think that that is like, like, that's probably true of, of most long lasting communities, right? They don't mm-hmm. necessarily stay exactly the same group of people for a really long time. They kind of do like ebb and flow a little and kind of, yeah. you know, change with the tides or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, there is sort of <laughs> ultimately it's kind of the like space that um that defines it almost um, oh fuck yeah <laughs> and that's that's the thing that i'm finding hard about it is like yeah like all the people that like <clears throat> all the people that i'm going to want to see again from montreal improv like enough to see them i'm going to see them you know it's yeah. it's one of the, it's like when you graduate high school you're like oh i'm going to miss all my friends but it's like no you're going to miss like people that you don't think of that often and when you run into them you'll be like oh man like i haven't seen you in ages you're so great but you're not really going to actively miss them because the people that you'd actively miss you're going to actually reach out to and try to set things up with right Mm -hmm. but it's the like it's the space it's the rooms it's the hallways it's the things that you got to do in that space like i'm I'm sure this is probably true for you as well because you were around for like twice as long as i was like i like painted walls (laughs) at montreal improv i like helped like install things and like I I worked tech there's so many little like not just the classes not just the performance but there's all the sort of like things that are physically tied to the space yeah Uh, yeah Yeah, all those different things yeah I I think that that is the greatest loss of this right because like the community will always exist in in some capacity you'll always have relationships with people because of the internet you'll be able to connect with people for the most part you know there'll be you won't have those smaller interactions with people you don't know as well and like obviously we're in a pandemic so like what the fuck is any relationship right now anyway but like (laughs) in the grand scheme of things you know if in a year or two when we're back to normal and someone wants to start a new version of montreal improv whatever that theater might end up being called it's not gonna be in the same building you know (laughs) yeah we're gonna have a whole new space where we're gonna have to make memories and like that sucks but also that's it's kind of encouraging because at least the people you know when 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 a business goes bankrupt the people don't you know disappear off the face of the earth jesus that would be fucked up (laughs) that would be so crazy (laughs) i wouldn't just like a fucking avengers endgame thing (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, but I think you're, yeah, I think it's, and it's something that I've been discussing with some friends recently because I'm sort of in a little bit panic mode of losing uh, the friendships that I've built at Montreal Improv because I'm not particularly good with keeping in touch with people. Um, And it's always been this way that like when I, no matter how well I got on with people at a job, if I changed job, 
I don't see them anymore. I don't talk to mm-hmm. them anymore. Like it's just how how it is. Right. Um, and so, like for example, I wrote Kyla, and I was like, I want to specifically make efforts to maintain our friendship. How are right. you with texts? How are you with phone calls? Because <laughs> our relationship has changed. Right. So because of like seeing each other at the theater, the connection that we have to the theater is what keeps the relationship alive because yeah. you always end up back at that space, like you were saying. But because the space is now gone, the effort has to come from you. And it has to be like, oh, it's not just I'm thinking about this person because I bumped into them in the hall. Even even friends that you like when you were saying those that you really are going to miss, you're going to get in touch with. For me, that's not always been the case. Mm-hmm. Like it's just life takes over. My mind gets uh, into other things. It's it, so making those specific efforts. I think it's something that I, I'm ready to do at, at this mm-hmm. point in my life. Just be like, no, I'm not willing to let go of Dale. You know, right. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so I got to fucking do something about it. You know? Yeah. No, I get that. I I think like when I said that it was, it was less about like, you'll definitely manage and more about like the option is there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, I mean, it's a hundred percent true. Like you do kind of start to realize who the people are that you had a relationship with outside of the theater and who aren't, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, like when I left my old church, I, you know, I, there were a handful of people I burned bridges with because it was a shitty place, but like there were people who I, you know, did not have a bad relationship with at all and would have liked to have kept in touch with. But like Mm -hmm. those were sort of acquaintance relationships. And like, those are the ones that kind of do definitely disappear when you leave a place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's like, you know, it's people who like you like, but you're not necessarily like close with. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right that like, sometimes you do just need to like force yourself to like reach out and that's hard, but I don't know. It's, it's worth it (laughs) for friendships, making that deliberate, like I am going to contact this person because I wish to have fun with this person. Like instead of, Oh fuck, I haven't written them in a long time or how, how good was our relationship to begin with? Or, you know, like clouding all this self doubt around contacting people you enjoy being with. Um, I'm starting to try and just message them and just, you know, invite them to do something, invite them to, for a phone call or whatever, trying to avoid profusely apologizing at the beginning of a message because I haven't contacted them in a while, you know? Um, So I think that maintaining these relationships also involves a shift in how I engage with friendships and the responsibility that's involved there and the fun that's involved there. Yeah, no, totally. I get that. A a thing that I have found helpful with that in the past is having a sort of form message um, where like if you know that you want to like, okay, not in this specific situation, but in situations where I'm like feeling anxious about having to send a message to someone for Mm -hmm. any reason, I find it helpful to have a sort of like version of that kind of locked and loaded and not feel bad about sending it to them and having it be kind of unpersonal initially. Uh, just because I think that sometimes you do just need to do that to open the door, right? Yeah. So, like, if you just, maybe I'll just type something out and put it in the description of this episode that people can feel free to copy and paste. Yeah, totally. Literally just says, hey, I miss you. Do you want to chat or have a phone call or do a Zoom or something? I mean, you know, obviously, because we're in a pandemic, it's 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 not the same as want to grab a coffee or whatever. But just, you know, saying the simple thing of, hey, I miss you. Let's hang out if you're up for yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah, it, absolutely. It, there's no need for an apology for not reaching out in a long time. There's no need for like contextualizing. There's no need for anything except for the like, 
you're cool. I miss you. Let's hang out or let's call, you know, because we yeah. can't hang out. Let's stand on opposite sides of the street and yell at each other for 20 minutes, you know. <laughs> but just yeah, having totally. something like that kind of locked and loaded for situations where you're like, oh, crap, I really want to reach out to Johan, but I don't want to like you know, feel awkward about it. You can yeah. just reach into your notes app and pull out the generic message and send it. And then, you know, obviously exactly. once that person replies, then you have to get personal with it. And then there's more anxiety potentially, <laughs> but you made the first step. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that sounds really good. And it's, it, it really fits the whole, like just remove as much stress as you can from this. And right. I'm just so used to, um, if I haven't written someone in a long time, like I said, the profuse apology at the beginning, mm-hmm. but then, even someone I haven't, I've, I've communicated with, I've had everything, and we've talked about this before, like I, I add so many words to things just just in case you might be thinking that something I'm saying is not, you know, and it's just like, stop it. Stop right. trying to tell them every layer of what you're communicating and just communicate the basic and right. then see where it goes. Like you just said, once they write back, then you got to get into it. Yeah. But it's like, just simplify the fuck out of it. Because that's the core of it anyways, isn't it? I miss you. Let's connect. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like that'll I be my, to... my challenge for people this week who are listening. Send the... send an I miss you, let's connect message to someone this yes. week. Totally. You didn't yeah. think you were listening to this podcast in order to get life lessons and challenges out of it. But, you know, maybe you are. <laughs> Surprise! Confetti. <laughs> There's homework now. There's Welcome homework to up for now. discussion 2.0. Homework oh edition. Oh my god, I love that. If I could have a <laughs> podcast that would give me homework to reboot my freelancing career, I'd be like, yes, give me that homework. Well, Kate, we have the power because we start our new format next week where there's no rules except for that we're going to put in more work. Oh my god, are we going to put <laughs> all the focus on me? So it's yeah. going to be a podcast about me and my struggles. This is the no. Kate Bradley hour. No one wants that. <laughs> It'd just be like 45 minutes of crying and then 15 minutes of sort of napping, but I'm just saying bad things to myself. I'm sure that that is someone's ideal podcast. <laughs> that oh, person exists. Wanna, yeah, I don't want to think about what they're doing while they listen to that podcast. Oh, man. Oh, dear. Well, that feels like a good place for us to wrap up. Yay! <laughs> Kate, thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to like to to give space to uh, the 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 Montreal Improv Memories Lane. Yeah, of course. I'm sure there will be a whole lot more of it, kind of gradually, and it'll hit us in waves. And sometimes we'll be fine, and sometimes we'll be devastated. That's yes, that's exactly. what morning is. Yes, and sometimes you're just like, oh my god, the memories of joy. Like you're just like <laughs> overwhelmed, and then often that's what sends you crashing back to the earth. It's closed yeah. now. Oh no! Okay, Tom. Tom, <laughs> oh. I'm losing control. You have to. Uh-oh. You have to regain control. Okay. Okay. Uh, how's this for control? Do it. If you guys like this episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash up for discussion. Give us as little as a dollar a month. You'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. You'll get early access to bonus content, behind the scenes updates, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. And we do give uh, a good chunk of our net proceeds to local food banks, indigenous charitable organizations, basically whoever we think needs to have a little extra money thrown at them any given month. So if you help us, you're also helping us help others that's the word help four times in the same sentence patreon.com slash up for discussion help 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 um (laughs) we also have merch if you want to send money our way without helping anyone uh but you know what you can also kind of help 
uh, limit the spread of COVID by buying a mask with our logo on it from our friends over at TeePublic. You can click the merch link in the description to do that and get all sorts of other great stuff from them as well. And of course, if you have no money or if you have money and frankly just don't feel like giving any of it to us, that is also totally fine. You can support us for free by leaving a rating review on your podcatcher of choice or by sharing this episode with a friend. And you can follow our show on Instagram and Twitter at Talking and like our page on Facebook. Kate, do you want to plug anything before we go? Oh my god, that was so fast. Uh. <laughs> hey, dude, look. So, um, I plugged I think I was on Stefan has a new thing and I plugged mm. I plugged something. I plugged uh, Oh my god, I'm falling asleep. I plugged topics of high importance. And I've been talking about it with Paul recently. <gasps> and we we actually have three reviews of people who five-starred the the podcast and Paul was telling you that there's like a thousand listens on Spotify. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like fun. And I'm like, Paul, I haven't said that. Well, because he, he doesn't want to start it up again, but I do. So um, listen to the show and review it. <laughs> Let's convince <laughs> Paul to start this show again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. everybody leave a, leave a five-star review for Topics of High Importance, Kate and Paul's old podcast, and maybe it will become Kate and Paul's current podcast. Yeah. Oh, like and it. also... Um, I contacted uh, the full list of people for the Indigo campaign. I know this sounds like it was like I don't. That's it sounds it's from forever ago. Yeah. Um, and one person answered, and I'm yeah. gonna be doing a pep talk soon because Amazing. they need some support. And I was like, maybe this is perfect timing because COVID. So <laughs> if uh, you had purchased a pep talk and you haven't received the email, get in touch with Tom, I guess, because oh. maybe my my email's fucked. I don't know. So contact you know? the, the podcast. No, yeah. maybe not. I mean, uh, to be honest, there's a lot of perks from the Indiegogo campaign that still need fulfillment, and I am uh, kind of working on it very, very gradually. So uh, okay. please do feel free to reach out to us, and uh, yours will receive higher priority. How's that? Because <laughs> uh, it is rough, because a lot of the people who were part of the campaign are no longer part of the network because their shows ended or they left or you know a variety oh, right. of reasons. Yeah, so yeah, a yeah. lot of that work has just kind of fallen on my shoulders, which oh, happens sometimes yeah. with small businesses. Hence the thing I was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and I'm sure like yeah. I'm, uh, people are super understanding. This is all you know. Oh. Like, it's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, but, um, so, nobody so has happy. complained about it. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's good. And I'm just happy that I I uh, I got this one response, and I'm like, yeah. yay! <laughs> No, I, I can do you. this. I, I think at this point, anyone who hasn't gotten their perk yet is either totally fine with that or has forgotten. Exactly. <laughs> no one has people, reached out. Yeah, a lot of people give are giving for the cause rather than the yeah. perk, so um, it's all good. That's all righty. But we haven't forgotten. Know that there are conversations happening that are oh trying to make those yes. things happen. Yeah. It's uh, just hard because I have two kids at home and. Uh, we're in a pandemic but we're working on it (laughs) so (laughs) yeah topics of high importance listen to it uh this comes out on the 27th so i want to plug uh the next episode of natural toonie northern treasures sapphire springs task force which is the b-side campaign over on natural toonie my DD podcast that's the one that i'm dming uh super duper fun go give that a listen that is it that is all special thanks to thank you so much again johan for joining us we miss you Toronto is lucky to have you. They better be treating you good, baby boy. Mm-hmm. Special thanks to the Honeythorns for letting us use their song Crack Apart as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at Crackers and Jam. Oh my god. Whoops. 
It's like saying the wrong name in bed. Yeah. <clears throat> Special thanks to the Honeythorns for letting us use their song Crack Apart as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at thehoneythorns.bandcamp.com. And the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, for the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Remember, new format next week. Get hyped. Awesome. Hey, wait, did we change the song? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, Kate. <laughs> Hey there, campers. My name is Emmett, and I'm the host of Gaze in the Woods, a podcast that explores rural LGBTQIA2 experiences, from radical fairies and lesbian farmers to backwoods slam poets and community organizers organizing communities the community didn't know where they were all along. Can you have a pride parade when you're the only gay in the village? What is camp when you live in a trailer? And if a genderqueer bear shares their pronouns in the forest and nobody gets it, is anything real? I don't know, but let's find out together on Gaze in the Woods, an Upford Network podcast. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.